that's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, um, college football regular season is done. High school football season is is dwindling down. What is it like the, the state semi? No, the region finals. Regional finals, yeah, regional finals, regional. and we got semis next week. So okay. it's coming there. Getting 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 close, getting yeah. close. But uh, we weren't able to do a podcast on Friday. Both of us had uh, things coming up throughout the week, and it was Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, Ish. And uh, yeah, of course, man. Was good. Uh, podcasting you, man. Yeah, now now we're here uh, on Tuesday to get back in our rhythm, uh, a full week of results to kind of digest and give our takeaways from. We'll continue to do what we've done all the the entire season is go four and four, uh, trading off takeaways. I have five written okay. down, so we'll see if you take one or not. I feel like there's a lot to choose from, but um, I'll go first. I'll yeah. start this one off. Go mm. for it. I'll start with a little bit of a hot take, I think. Okay. I don't know if this hot take. Uh, Texas A&M is the best team in Texas, men's basketball. Really, you're going over. I'm I'm there. Over Houston, I'm there. Okay. I'm there. I okay. Houston. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Look, we'll to be we'll figure this out next month, right? Yes. They um they played December sixteenth. Yes. I would look. Houston is fantastic. I still need to see Houston play. I still need to see, like, I need to see Houston play AM. I was about to say, little, little week out the gate for the uh, strength of schedule. Like, I need to see. I watched them, like, I watched them in person beat Utah. Like, I watched them on TV beat Dayton, who I'd seen a lot of. Like, mm-hmm. those are fine wins. AM right now, like, yes, AM lost to FAU 96 to 89. They're six and one. They've beaten Iowa State, Penn State, SMU, Ohio State. Those are four quality wins, mm-hmm. and I think in all four of those, they looked really impressive. Now, defensively, I think you can make an argument they've dipped. Uh, mm-hmm. Kim Palm, they're 79th, but offensively, they are fourth in the country. They are first in the country in offensive rebound percentage, 24th in turnover percentage, so they're not turning the ball over. They're getting shots up. They're getting their misses, and Wade Taylor, is he the best player in Texas right now, I think? Like what, make, I mean, you can make you can definitely make that argument. Like I mean, this dude is playing yeah. phenomenal, and his usage is even higher than it was last year. He's 13th in the country in in a usage percentage on Ken Palm, so percentage <sighs> possession percentage. Yeah. Um, I just I think he's incredible. I think they're balanced. They're athletic. Henry Coleman looks like he's taking a step forward. Hayden Hefner is has been um shooting the ball very well, 41% from three. And I think Tyrese Radford's picking his spots. I love this team, and I don't care that they lost to FAU. FAU came out and played a really good game. I think FAU is really damn good too. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm all in. I'm shoving my chips in on the table. I think Texas A&M is at this moment the best team in Texas. Houston very well could put them in the place in three weeks. Yeah, I mean, I I 
I don't want to argue too much about it because like I think that it is one or two. I think it's one, you know, I think it's they're they're one of two. Yeah, I um, like they're better. I think my main thing was they're better than Baylor and Texas right now. Yeah, right now, yes. I would I would put that. I think that the things that we expected to see from this team in terms of just continuity is is all there. Right. I think that when you look at this team coming back, they didn't do a lot in the offseason because they really didn't need to. Um, the core is there. And like you mentioned, Wade Taylor, after having an all-conference year last year, he's starting off on an all-American pace this year. Like he's like you mentioned, he is I don't say far and away, but he's like, I'd say he's distinctively the best player in the state right now. Dude, he's I just I I, I kept watching them this weekend because they've played like I feel like they've played a lot of games. Well, first, they played three games in four days um, at the right. tournament on the ESPN. I watched that entire Penn State game, basically, uh, where I thought they would actually have trouble with Penn State uh, a little bit, but they just kept them at arm's length the whole time. I watched almost the entire FAU game, and even though they were losing for um, basically the entire game, I kept thinking, like, okay, the defense is, you know, I guess it's troublesome. FAU was hitting shots that, you know, coming off that Bryant loss, I think FAU was just pissed off and was trying to, prove a point so good for them but i thought i just think they're just really good so we'll see we'll, we'll uh, see in a couple of weeks if i'm proven wrong some uh football news that uh bruner i don't know if i'm breaking any jamori macklin just got in the portal oh damn it <laughs> damn it well i yeah I, we can... I know i know this is a basketball pie but it literally just came across my timeline oh my gosh um I, I'm not gonna lie, real quick on football. Yeah. Once I started seeing um, the um, Cameron Ward from Washington State, he reported, you know, he has like ten offers of a million dollars each. I'm like, yeah, man, we're yeah. done. We're cooked. Yeah. I don't know if Rod- we're trying to figure out if Rogers has eligibility to transfer or not. Since I think he'd be, a, he'd be. A, I think he'd be a grad transfer. That's what I'm thinking too. So yeah. we're no. we're very concerned. On all fronts here, but we'll see. Anyway, all right. There's a little, <laughs> a little UNT. <laughs> By the way, listen to the green room with a uh, Bernie and, and Colin. Uh, I'm assuming you're texting Colin right now. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, mine, my first one is uh, this can be a hot take. This could be uh, what's it? Prisoner of the moment. I don't care either way. Uh, Ray J. Dennis is here. Ray J. Dennis is here. He dropped 20 in the second half against Florida. And the shots he was taking were the kind of shots that I was hoping to see. Like, not necessarily, obviously, them going in helps. But, like, just the fact that he was taking these step-back threes, these, like, get him in the middle. Like, the the fact that he's able to work in the paint at his size is pretty nuts. Um, I was looking up his numbers because he looks so confident and calm around the rim. He is shooting... Let me see if I have these numbers right exactly. He's shooting 79% at the rim. Like once he gets inside, he's for comparison, Zach Eady shoots 82% at the rim. <laughs> Seven foot two Zach Eady for Purdue shoots seven, uh, 82%, just three percentage points more than Ray J. Dennis. He is Baylor, I believe, outside of Josh Ojuwuna, uh, he's the by far their leading guy in the paint as far as percentage goes. And Josh Ojuwuna only shoots 90, which again, really good percentage, but like he shoots 90 and he doesn't shoot nearly as much. So he, the fact that he was able to get inside the way he was, 
His floater looks really, really reminiscent of a uh, shout out Jamie and Hamlet, like like really reminiscent of like that that type of shot where you see it and he's like, oh, that's going in. That's just money. Doesn't matter where it is. Um, he's really good at the the one footed runner, kind of off balance a little bit. And so yeah, I, I don't know. I think I came in the season, and I still think his primary role is just that playmaker. But I saw another level to his scoring ability that I didn't necessarily see uh, or didn't necessarily expect to see as much of. Um, I don't know how often he'll have to do that, right? Because they needed that type of game from him because Florida was uh, kind of torched there on defense a little bit. But uh, 24 points, eight assists from Reggie Dennis. So again, the fact that he has the ability to do that whenever they need to, what did he finish? He finished 10 10 of 17, excuse me, from the floor, two of three from three, uh, three steals, four rebounds. So like the fact that he's able to turn it on like that, I think bodes really well because I don't think he'll have to do that with guys like Jacoby Walter. But yeah, um, that is, uh, it, I, I was in, I was just like watching the performance and I was like, oh, they're going to win this game because he's just putting them on their back. Yeah. Uh, Jacoby Walters, 14 to 29 from three to start the year. Jalen Bridges, 11, 20 from three. Uh, their offense is humming shooting 45.7% from three to start mm. the year, second-ranked offense in the country, 43rd-ranked defense. So shout-out to Baylor. Oh, yeah. um, I, you know, they got a, a couple easy games, a couple Southland games, and then Seton Hall, Michigan State, Duke when that stretch from December 5th to the 20th. So we'll we'll see. We'll mm-hmm. learn. We'll keep learning. Keep uh, That's what this early season portion is to see yeah. what they got. All right. My next take is Lamar men's basketball is legit okay. and I think could win the Southland this year. Okay. This like is – let me let me add the little ticker at the bottom so mm-hmm. it's easier okay. for me to follow. Um, results this year. Th- I mean, nothing crazy, right? Four and three overall. Uh, I watched the win over UTSA, which was early November 14th. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was a good win for them. Uh, Pacific is not a bad program. Lost to them by one. Beat Bethune-Cookman by 18. Lost to Longwood, who is top 200 in Kimpong, by 11 on the road. And beat Delaware State in overtime by three. They have mm-hmm. UTSA again on Thursday, this time in San Antonio. Um, they win that, which I'm, I'm going to favor them to win that. They win mm-hmm. that. Then they have Sam Houston state. And I'm just like, they've kept it close with SMU Pacific and Longwood. their three losses and they've won the games they're supposed to win that to me. And the way that their offense is kind of playing right now at, I mean, they're shooting 42% from three fifth mm-hmm. in the country. Like they're shooting the ball. Well, they're getting threes up. Uh, they're passing the ball. Well, they're 36 in the country and assists rate. Like, I just I'm really buying into what Alvin Brooks has right there, and you know we'll see. I I know I, I said they could win the conference. Uh, I I for completely forgot about my boy Will Wade and what he's doing at McNeese right over there. Uh, that's a good start there. Yeah. Uh, so maybe pull that one back just a little bit. <laughs> but McNeese, outside of McNeese, I put them there with everybody else, like AM Corpus Christi and uh, Southeastern and and all those teams. Like they're in that Nickel State's pretty good too. I saw them 
in person as well. So that that group, the second tier after McNeese, I'm putting Lamar right there with everybody. Yeah. For those that don't know, so first of all, they're shooting. They're yeah, they're fifth in the country in three point percentage, which is nuts. But um, for those who haven't been keeping track of of what Alvin Brooks is doing, which I don't blame you, Lamar, to just traditionally at least in recent years, not the yeah. program that you keep tabs on. Um, but regardless, in twenty two, he took over in twenty twenty two, and they went two and twenty seven, right? And then he basically just stripped that roster, just like everybody out. Uh, last year, nine and twenty-two. Their only wins at this point, until January twelfth, when they beat Nichols. Their only wins at this point last year were St. Thomas, Houston Tillotson. By the way, I'm not naming D1 schools. Uh, Lindenwood, who is a D1 school, and Our Lady of the Lake in San Antonio. Right at this point last year, and you take this year. You mentioned it. Uh, of course, you throw Jarvis Christian, not non-D1, but UTSA, Bethune-Cookman, Delaware State, right? They've already picked up more wins, ever, like uh, two more wins than they did until January 12th last year. <laughs> so he, again, this is a team that's stripped down to the bone and just completely remaking itself. Uh, I mentioned Chris Pryor is one of the guys, one of my favorite guys to, to keep tracks of this, to keep track on this year, was part of that really fun DeSoto team that I watched a couple years ago. Um yeah, I, I again, this isn't an easy job, right? This is a very, very difficult job to recruit to. Uh, I know Beaumont has basketball talent, but a lot of times they leave Beaumont, yeah. and so it's a it's a it's a program that was always like, at least until the past ten years or so, like respectable, but never really punching up. Alvin Brooks is really he really took a hard job, and he's really, really doing a really solid job to where yeah, now you look at them, and you're like ah yeah, this could be a team that's going to scare some people in the, in the in the Southland. I still think that they're, let me see. Ken Baum has them as one, two, three, four, five right now. So again, when you compare the fact that they were by far last, last year. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a massive step forward. So definitely a team to keep tabs on, especially with the women. Now the women's obviously they're, they're going to be contending for the Southland title this year. Hey, don't, don't get too far ahead. All right. Oh, okay. A little bit of a hint, I guess. All right. There you go. <laughs> um, my next one is Texas women's uh slacking fools <laughs> like just absolutely beating teams down they beat they beat south florida good program by 32 <laughs> the other day right south florida of course they're they're a little down this year they're not exactly yeah. as good as they've been but still they have not played a single competitive game yet because they are just beating the brakes off everybody they have yukon in a big match this weekend which i'm very excited for um but they look right now like a team that knows that it's should be punching, uh, punching its way to the, like an elite eight or, you know, competing for the big 12 title, of course, again, but players like Amina Muhammad leading the team in minutes. Like, did you, did we expect that? No. Um, she, they looks like they found like an insanely good, reliable front court rotation, which again is something that I think we expected because they had a lot of names, but I wanted to see it right. Amina Muhammad, Madison Booker, who's going to be a star when she continues to get older. Uh, Taylor Jones, like Khadija Faye is, is, is still getting minutes as well. Like they have a again, we'll, the 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 question mark for them is still going to be what behind Rory Harmon. Rory Harmon's still playing a lot of minutes, but Shaylee Holly, Shay Holly is still contributing. She's play, averaging I think third most minutes off the bench. Like. I'm very excited to see what this team versus UConn, which who just lost AZ Fudd for the year. Um, so they'll be favored in that game, I think. Yep. 
we'll we'll see, man. I, I really think this team's starting to it started the year as bad as well about as well as you can. Uh Taylor Jones leads the team now in, in points, which again, we wasn't something we necessarily expected. Um Madison Booker, I think again, everybody except for Rory Harmon and Shaylee Gonzalez, every other top five scorer is a front court player. They should beat UConn. Yes. And once they beat UConn at home, mm-hmm. should once you win that Long Beach State, Arizona, RGV, Jackson State to close out the non-conference. Yeah. That puts them at what 12 and 0 potentially going potentially. to conference. I think they just punched their way into the they're in the top 10 of the AP poll released today. And then if they are 12 and 0 first Big 12 game at home against Baylor. Yep. That is going to be fun. December 30th. Um but yeah, I I agree. I think you laid it all out really well. They are just steamrolling teams which again they haven't played the toughest schedule to this point usf is the best team they've played right uh but overall this is these are these have been very impressive results i'm interested to see once they play uconn and better opponents how rory Harmon, if she's forced to because she's shooting the ball like i don't want to make it sound like she's not looking for a shot but how she fits in and how aggressive she is um just in general with the ball in her hands like does her usage percentage go, go up in general sure sure um but that w- w- this game, December third, in UConn is big, and then we'll see if you know maybe Arizona can give them uh, a, a test. Uh, I don't think Arizona's ranked this year, right? They've kind of dipped a little bit. Yeah, I think they've dipped the past couple so, uh, last year. So we'll yeah. see. All right, that's a good one. Well, I'll just I'll just go to Lamar Women's. Let's do it. I'll just go to. I was about to capitalize Lamar. Um, this is a team. I took notice of when I looked at the uh, results and said, oh, okay, Lamar beat UT Arlington November 10th. I was like, okay, and then UT Arlington hasn't been great. Um, lost to Texas Tech by 17, but they Lamar beats UTEP 56-44, mm-hmm. loses to Nebraska by 14. That's not a bad loss at all nope. to a Big Ten team. Sabria Dean has now been named the Southland Player of the Week uh, twice this year. And Lamar is, on ESPN's Bracketology, projected to win the conference. This is a legit... By the way, I should mention, Nebraska only lost to TCU by seven, and they lost to Creighton by five. They're four and two outside of that. So yeah. they, they played them really close. And Sabria Dean, not only... I, I mentioned this... I don't remember what game it was, but I was uh, where I mentioned this, but... Sabria Dean has been able to get to her spots mm-hmm. in the mid range and is just like not missing. She is seven of 11, seven of 11 from the field against Nebraska for 19 points. And three of those four misses were from three. So mm-hmm. she's seven, So she's six of seven from two. Um, and against uh, UTEP, she goes six of 13 from the field, 14 points. Like she is, carrying this team akasha davis i drafted on my fantasy mm-hmm. team before the year 11 and 10 against utep um akasha davis against nebraska 11 and 8 like she's getting to the line 10 times a game seemingly so they have a front court presence they're getting to the free throw line uh sabria dean is out of a ball screen like in the women's game when you have a guard that can operate out of a ball screen and kind of get that mid-range jumper whenever she wants to mm-hmm. it's kind of just a wrap like you can't really like you can stop it but then she's a good playmaker too so um i look forward to this team just 
continuing to get better. And yes, the tough non-conference schedule, especially coming up, they have A&M on the road, Louisiana on the road, TCU on the road. Like that's going to be a tough stretch. Mm-hmm. Then you get into conference play and there's, they can win this conference. Lamar can legitimately win this conference when that is a, that would be an incredible feat. Now I don't want to get my, my hopes up and get sure, let sure. down because there are some good teams here. Like we know Corpus Christi, Southeastern Louisiana is a good team too. So a lot uh, to see Anum Commerce, I think, is playing better this year um, mm-hmm. as well. So we'll see. But I've just been very, very encouraged by what we've seen from Lamar. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I you said everything right there. I think this was a team that we kind of wanted to keep tabs on. Um, but the fact that they've just continued to – that they're continuing to look like they're they're the part is, is pretty impressive. Yeah. All right. I'm going to stick on the women's side. Let's talk about let's talk about your boy Jason Burton, man. Oh yeah, I was well, wondering if you were gonna bring it up. Six and one, best start by first year head coach uh, at UNT. I mean, look, they the only the only bad showing was the one where they they played AM and um, yeah. and they made a decent decent rally late. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I think that's really impressing is he's not. It's not the way that I necessarily thought they would be playing or who by who is contributing the most, right? I came into the season saying, okay, this is going to be kind of Deani Robinson. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's going to kind of run, I don't say run back what he did at commerce, but like, you know, a little bit of that kind of makeup. Deani Robinson's coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and, and she's playing well off the bench, but he, we were wondering if Jocelyn Moore was going to be a contributor for him or was she broken last year? No, <laughs> she's back to her incarnate word scoring self, a uh, second leading score behind the other tra- uh, transfer from yep. Congress and Desiree Colonel, who's averaging almost 16 points a game on 50% shooting. Like, are you kidding me? Desiree uh, Colonel's a problem. I think I said, I'm the only thing I said after the AM game that I, yeah. I really remember was, I love this front court of Colonel and Lampkin. Like those, yes. that they're going to be fine. Yes. No, they're it. They've started off the year so well, and like I mentioned, it's it's not a, it's not a, um, it's not a a, a star driven like process, right? It's like multiple players, like you mentioned with the front court, Colonel and Lampkin, Jocelyn Moore, Deani Robinson, when they get in the, when Deani Robinson comes off the bench and all of a sudden they have that rotation going, like they are just like the fact, again, it's year one, right? There will, there will be some hiccups, things like that. And they're playing great defense, like legitimately really good defense. I think they're, let me see. They're 22nd, 26 in the country right now. Field goal percentage defense, uh, 21st and three-point percentage defense holding teams to 22.5 uh from from the free throw line for the three-point range excuse me and again not the you're you're gonna not the toughest non-conference schedule right but this is what you want to see from a year one in my opinion because this is a team that struggled all like most of last year with non-conference and so until they got to uh conference usa play this was a team that Really, like I'm trying to think, they lost to Wichita State last year, Louisiana, a not good UT Arlington team. They got drubbed by by 20 last year. Um, they got drubbed by SMU, who was yeah. fine, but not a team you should be losing to t- by 20 to. Mm-hmm. And this year, every metric is up so far. I feel much more. Again, the only loss was to AM, which is really again, it's a tough. They're a really good team this year. Um, but just everything is up and every like little uh, they beat SFA by 20, right? Remember that one? 
Yep. Like so far this year, they are just playing phenomenally. And I re- I'm really, I'm really excited to see. I mean, they're gonna roll through this non-conference schedule, like genuinely. Like when they're gonna come into AAC play probably with one loss. Yeah, this is I know it hasn't been the, the toughest, but last year's team would have lost a few of these games. Oh, 100 percent I mean, to beat SFA by 23 points. Yeah. SFA just beat Rice by eleven. And it raises the question with USF down this year ish. Mm-hmm. Who's winning mm-hmm. the American? I was about to say the American is a little, little open. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie; I don't know anything about UAB and Tulsa. They're five and sure. one, five and two right now. Sure, uh, but UTSA is four and two. Uh, USF five and three. Um, Rice three and three. SMU three and three. And I know obviously this is all non-conference, so it's contextualized. Mm-hmm. But this is wide open. This is a North Texas team. If they continue to improve and figure things out, a North Texas team that was p- picked to finish twelfth, by the way. Yeah, twelfth. Like <laughs> I, a lot of, I mean, a lot of people when doing women's basketball predictions, they don't, you know, know really know. But I, but then again, that was the coaches. I'm pretty sure. I think that was. The, I was about to say. I think that's that's the coaches' pool. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. Um, no respect for Burton. ECU. Home. So ECU was the second place uh, vote getters, and they're two and three right now. Um, granted one of them was to Ohio state and then Seton hall, but they haven't played. They haven't really shown a lot. Of, they've also lost to VCU. Their only wins are Elon and USC upstate. So mm. like, again, I have no idea what to think about ECU. <laughs> I'm just looking at it and like, can North Texas be a top four team in Eric and, um, in coach Burton's first year, I almost said Eric Morris first year. <laughs> um, um that would be incredible. I was about to say, like, right now, we have to start having that discussion a little bit. Because, like you said, I don't know who the front runner is right now. All I know is I saw ES- – I clicked on ESPN's Bracketology this morning. North Texas automatic qualifier, 15 seed versus 2 seed Texas. I'm here. Not saying, it. just saying. Not saying, just saying. I need to see uh, Roy Harmon versus uh, this North Texas team. I think we'll give them fits. Go me green. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where do I go from here? I've done three. Yeah, I've done three. Yes. Okay. Uh <laughs> I'll save a bonus one for later. Uh Texas Tech men's basketball. Uh my takeaway was I was worried, but I think I'm okay. I think I've been talked off the ledge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I've been talked off the ledge a little bit because uh, while I was at home watching or eating Thanksgiving food and, you know, spending some time with my family, mm-hmm. uh, the Texas Tech game was on in the uh, the Battle of the Bahamas yeah. trip. And I watched some of the Villanova game and I was like, okay, is this team ever going to get a stop? Mm-hmm. And they didn't. They lost to Villanova 85 to 69. And I watched a good amount of that game, not all of it, but they never got, they, they, there was never that run of stops that mm-hmm. Grant McCaslin was known for at North Texas. I was like, surely. And this is, this is a good Villanova team. I was about to say, this is, it was also like a really like Villanova's kind of back. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're back. But this isn't Baylor. This right, isn't right, Houston. Right. They're like, right. the, there are teams here that you're going to face in the Big 12 that are better than Villanova. And they never went on that run of stops. And I'm, I'm, you know, that was concerning to me. So I was ready to be like, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched them play Northern Iowa. And that game was worse than the Villanova game. 
<laughs> because through I know we don't play quarters in 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 college basketball, but through three quarters of the game, yeah, they were getting ran double yeah. digits consistently throughout the whole game. And I'm like, this is a Northern Iowa team. I watched North Texas beat. Yeah. Beat. And now you're gonna lose to Northern Iowa. Grant, we can't you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't do that to start the year. I'm just I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. You can't lose to Northern Iowa, a team that you just left, like you just left North Texas and they beat them. Yeah. So I thought they were gonna lose. They come back and win. Um they close the game on a 25 to 9 run, win by two on a pop Isaac's last second turn, you know, kind of gets the bump floater off the backboard. It goes in with like 0.8 left. So good. They win the game. Mm-hmm. Good news. Um just through two games, I was like, I don't see it. I'm I'm starting not to see it. I get you. Yeah. Um, but then they did bounce back and beat beat the brakes off Michigan. So 73 to 57 went over Michigan. Um, reinstilled some belief for me. Still offensively, we'll see if like the three-point shooting comes around. I don't know. I've watched Pop Isaacs this year hasn't just hasn't been affected. What is he shooting on the year from three right now? He had a big shot early. Uh, Dude, I remember. He's 12 of 45 from three, 26.7%. I just, I watch him and I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. So, he hit a game winner the other, the other day. Um, or a big, th- I can't remember if it was a game winner. I can't remember if it was a game winner, but yeah, he's been struggling from three outside of that. Again, I was watching the Northern Iowa game. I was waiting. Yeah. For the Northern Iowa. He hit the game. I think he hit yeah, the, he game, hit the game winner, that little yeah. floater that I mentioned. But uh, yeah. So again, Shooting maybe concern big picture. There's a, there are more concerns than I thought. I was actually really high on this Texas Tech team yeah. coming into the year, and I think through a few games. But that's that stretch in the Bahamas was not the most encouraging. That that's all I'll say. But yeah, I am I'm, I'm not out on them yet. Not out completely. No, I, I agree. That's a I'm kind of I think I'm around there where it's like I don't know if I'm as high on them as I as I originally was, especially if. Excuse me, especially if like Baylor is going to be shaping up the way they are, and I mean, I I think TCU looks better than they do, like clearly better than they do right now. Um, Bro, the, big, the top, the the like, Big Twelve right now in Kimpom, you look at their rankings. Yeah, one, five, ten, eleven, twenty-four, twenty-seven, thirty, thirty-one, thirty-five, forty-one. Those are all ahead of Texas Tech at forty-seven. Golly, yeah, it's gonna it. It might be a rough. It might just be that kind of year, like where it's just like. We got to figure out exactly, you know, you know who it reminds. I think it may be, and I don't think it's going to be this. Let me finish this point. I think it might be reminiscent of Chris Beard's first year at Texas, but not in the sense that I don't think they're going to make the tournament, right? Like that team did, because um, they had, I think they had better talent. But I think it's going to be a lot of like who fits, who doesn't, in terms of what Grant McCaslin wants to do. Like at times with that Texas team, where you're like, there's a lot of players here that I like, they don't all work. Mm-hmm. And I think it might be that kind of year because, like, right now it looks like Pop Isaacs doesn't fit right now, <laughs> you know. Like, um, so yeah, I, I, I think we're gonna have a lot of those moments this year where you're just like, ah, is this the roster that he's gonna want to work with going forward? Yeah. All right. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Texas State because hey, this man. team gonna be frustrating. They're not gonna be as good. I, they're gonna be. I think this team's more fun than m- most of the teams in the past and then recently, um, because they're young and right. They're gonna take their lumps, right? They just are. That's gonna be the way this team is this year. Um, but their best player right now might be Caden Gums, true freshman point guard, like genuinely a playmaking machine. Um, and it's just 
again, their offense is going to be frustrating to watch at times. They're, I believe, let me see, what, what's their Ken? What Ken? Yeah, their, their offense is 297th, right? They are not very good, but they're a young team and they're learning to play. Uh, Brandon Love leads the country right now in blocks. Like, <laughs> and like he has 23 blocks right now. So Jeez. it's a lot of guys who are just kind of running, kind of playing ball. But like, I, to me at least, I can see the vision for what TJ wants his team to be later on this season, going forward in you know, the future. Uh, I think they found something in um, in Jordan Mason, the sophomore, who I believe he had 21 points against UTA in their win over UTA or the other uh, the other day. So I, again, they're finding things here and there. It's going to be a frustrating team. This might be a team that not doesn't get 20 wins. Like that's genuinely, I, I don't think so. Um, but I think they're finding the pieces for the future that they're going to be able to roll with. Because I'm trying to think of. Let's see. I mentioned Caden Gums is a is a, is a freshman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Mason's a sophomore. I'm trying to think who else. Um, but yeah, uh, Brandon Love Jr. So like again, these guys are going to play to get be back next year. I think everybody but Drew Drennan will be back yeah. next year. So I, I, again, they're going to be fun to watch. But uh, and Dylan Dawson, Dylan Dawson's gone as well. But um, they're going to be fun to watch. But they will drop some pretty baffling losses. I think. Texas up next. Let's see it. Yeah. <laughs> going to be uh And the big game is Sam Houston State December 15th. No, yes, yes, 100%. That's going to be a good one. Um in between or <laughs> just outside of that you got Texas and then after that you got <laughs> the ultimate sandwich right here. Texas, Jarvis Christian, Sam Houston, Letourneau, Letourneau, yeah. yeah. Letourneau, Houston. So two top 30, 25 teams, two juke or two non-D ones. Yeah. And then Sam Houston right there. <laughs> An amazing stretch uh, of basketball. Yeah. So like I said, um, Texas State fans, they're going to be fun, but they may win like 15 to 18 games this year. Bonus one from me. Okay. I was reading this morning and uh, saw that UTSA was trying to gather up the money to make uh, – Jeff Trailer even you know get his uh, assistant pool an extra yeah. two million dollars, yeah. and I thought to myself, wow, they really really want the football team to be good. Yep. Don't ask them how the basketball team is doing. <laughs> hey, they won the Battle of San Antonio. They beat you. They beat UIW. They were one and three. Beat Houston Christian by two, and I think we talked about that on the last podcast. Yeah, yeah. Then they played Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State, to that point when they played, was 0-4 against Division I competition, had just lost to Incarnate Word, Jacksonville State. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Jacksonville State was favored in that game. And I'm looking at this like, how is Jacksonville State favored against UTSA? Jacksonville State hasn't beat anybody. Jacksonville State hasn't won a game. Mm -hmm. Jacksonville State beat UTSA by 15 in San Antonio. (laughs) And then... UTSA bounces back against Incarnate Word. And I said, if you lose to Incarnate Word, I'm just, I, I, I'm not even going to bring you up on the podcast if you lose to Incarnate Word. <laughs> they beat Incarnate Word 90 to 80. And their next game is against Lamar, like I said, in two days on Thursday. They lose to Lamar. We as a community go to the Convocation Center <laughs> and set it ablaze. <laughs> Nobody can play in that arena. 
that's what we do. Oh, y'all, y'all can the women's team go play at the the North Side uh, ISD facility. It's very nice. It's all, it is very nice. That is a nice. Like five, six, seven years ago, old. Yeah. Go play over there. The men's team will be disbanded. Um, I just love how Steve Henson built this uh, non-conference schedule, saying, "All right, let's get a couple easy wins here: Lamar, sure. Texas State, Jacksonville State, Houston Christian." And they're three and four. Yeah, they're playing. They haven't played a single team, or they played Minnesota. All the other teams have been outside the top two twenty in Ken Palm. Yeah, and they are three and four. Now they have Lamar. Then they have a non D one game, Little Rock, and those are the first ten games of the year. That is disgusting. Are you gonna? Uh, let me ask you this: Are you gonna be in San Antonio uh, for Christmas break? I will be. We'll plan this, maybe. Do you want to go to that Prairie View game? Prairie View game? Yeah, let's get some courseside tickets again. I, I was about to say, we might as well. Call, call Brady up, man. Call Brady up. <laughs> listen, listen. $30 courtside tickets. We're going to be there. UTSA versus <laughs> PV, and we're rooting for PV. <laughs> oh, a little bonus one for me as well, speaking of Prairie View. Um, they're pretty okay. Prairie View is like, actually like yeah. they're, they're, they're doing the – conversely – uh, I guess it could be a swack men's basketball thing. Uh, Texas Southern's zero and six right now because, of course, of course they are. Like that's they how that's how these swack schedules go. Um, but previous four and two, they're actually beating some of these teams that they have to schedule. <laughs> I mean, they've they've beaten Abilene Christian, Tennessee Martin, and Eastern Kentucky. That's those aren't those are t- top two fifty in Kimpom teams. Yeah. They only lost by 11 to Seattle. By the way, I should mention, like, uh, Texas Southern only lost by two to Oral Roberts and then six to yeah. Drake. Yeah. Like, these Good are, results. This, I think this may be a two-team race in the SWAC this year. Mm. Like, again, we'll see. It's Texas Southern, we learned to never never doubt uh, Johnny Jones. Actually, I, should, I shouldn't say two-team race. Jackson State beat Missouri, so I forgot about that. So, <laughs> I mean, an Alcorn – is won last won the conference last year. Lost to UAB by three. Lost to TCU by nineteen. The swag, listen, man. The record's never pretty, but this How, year, this year's could be fun. Could I mean, be a lot four, of fun. Four teams that are in the top three hundred or top two eighty or so in Kempom. I feel like that's higher than usual. I was about to say. I'm trying to look at last year. Let's see. Last yeah, year, last year the third place team was three hundred four. Yeah. Year before so, that. Yeah. I mean. Hmm. This, All right, we're thinking. Of, look at that. It's, it's again. We'll keep track. Well, obviously, we keep track on the on the swag because we got to keep track of when Johnny Jones decided to turn it on. But yeah. uh, so far this year, pretty interesting. Johnny Jones has, you know, the last couple of games they've they've been trying. Before that, they were like, "All right, we're just gonna take it easy, ease into right. the season." Uh, they got Purdue tonight <laughs> on the road. Ugh. We'll see. Ugh. We'll see. After that, though. After that, we that's the 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 death is the stretch of death is over as we call yeah. it in North Texas. Uh, it's yeah. Johnny Jones time. Yeah, NCA and T Howard Stanford next three games, Dubs. and then we get the conference, and then biblical studies after that. So <laughs> <laughs> we there needs to be a list of the top ten names of non Division one programs, NAIA, Division two, all of them. Like they somehow find different ways. To say the same thing, right? Like studies of God, like the Bible school, like right. you just go down the list of like random names, biblical Bibl- studies. Bibl- that is who I've Texas never Bible. heard of that pro. Where is that? College of Biblical Studies in Houston. 
Okay. Now the question is, could biblical studies beat Rice? And I think it'd be a close game. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know. It'll be a high scoring game. We know that. Now I was going to talk about Rice, but then Rice got a win, and oh no, I'm sorry, they didn't get a win. I said I wasn't going to talk about Rice because they've actually played a tough schedule. That's what it was. Oh, okay. They've, they've played like good teams. They played okay. four straight top 100 teams. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. They play Tennessee Martin on Thursday. The Tennessee Martin team that we just said, I think Prairie View beat. Rice plays them, so okay, we'll we'll see. But yeah, one one and five Rice, two twenty eighth in the country, three hundred sixteenth on defense. They are doing exactly what we expect them to do. Okay, all right. Um, that's all we got for y'all today. I gotta go do a North Texas podcast now since Ish told me Macklin's in the portal, and y'all lost y'all center too. So thank you. Thank you. Ish. Oh, you knew that one, right? Go yeah, on. I knew Ethan Miner was in the portal. Okay. okay. <laughs> Look, they got money there in North Texas. Y'all should just, y'all need to pony up that NIL, buddy. I I, I will we will talk about it on the Green Room podcast. <laughs> Check right. out the Green Room podcast. It will be on the, the Republic of Tech Republic of Football Texas Podcast Network. So check it out. All right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's it. We'll be back on Friday. Uh, for more um, results as the year goes on, um, like, comment, share, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. We're getting some YouTube uh, views in there, so thank you all for that. Um, I'll continue to put timestamps and stuff so we can make it easier to follow. But, um, yeah, for Ishmael Johnson, I w- I'm Matthew Bruni, and we will talk to you all later.